Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> the Twitter handle is broken. So thank you, Elon Musk. I, yeah, I'm, I've been rate limited. I'm not allowed to see any more tweets. I've been a very bad boy looking at all those tweets. In case you weren't aware, as most Americans probably are not, uh, Twitter had some sort of catastrophic problem over the weekend. Not sure if it's hacker-related or it's code-related, the rate-limiting system uh, that they have. Some of the old Twitter uh, 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 executives are making fun of Elon Musk. They're like, you shouldn't have gone into the rate-limiter program. You messed up with it and all this. And so there's a theory out there that they basically – created this by slapping a rate limitation, which means how many tweets you're looking at, which by the way, like I think half of them are, are freaking ads. Like it's true. You, you right. You're going to limit me to what? 600. I can look at 600 tweets and then it gets shut down. And I have to, I got like a cooling off period. And Musk says it's due to like some scraping of data, which sounds kind of painful, but I don't know what that means. Uh, but according to uh, one IT guy who went, went on Twitter, and I would read you the tweet, except I can't anymore. It's it's now blocked. I can't see it. I can't see any of the tweets anymore. So, yeah, don't try to tweet at me. I guess I'm going to finally have to break down and buy his uh, his $8 a month verified blue checkmark badge. Because I wasn't seeing any problems with it until like 10 minutes ago. So I was all fine. I was like, that's... Ah, that's hitting those other suckers over there, not me. And now I'm one of the suckers, too. So <laughs> anyway, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all about it. Did you hear the White House grounds were evacuated after the Secret Service discovered some unknown item? Amy Cook from the John Locke Foundation thinks that uh, maybe somebody left a copy of the Constitution, and that's what caused the event. No, I think it's it was it said something like cocaine hydrochlorine i don't even know what that i don't even know what that means is that like a horse paste or something but hunter is living in the white house so i mean of all of the first children too soon okay um i will give the biden administration credit for this i have been making this argument for years that we are not taking the threat from the sun seriously. All indications are that the sun is trying to kill us all. And uh, I, there is evidence, there's evidence to support this. Of course there is. Hello, sun cancer or skin cancer, right? From exposure to the sun. What else? Those, uh, the sunspot activity, right? That messes with our electronics. How about this? An EMP, a solar flare, Right. It'll put us all into the Stone Age. Right. Meanwhile, they're like, oh, let's harness the power of the sun like you fools. It's trying to kill you.
speaking of EMPs, we're going to have Dr. Bill Forstian on uh, in the two o'clock hour, but not to talk about his new book, Five Years After. Um, that's the fourth in the series that started with One Second After, which documented what happens in one small town in Western North Carolina after an EMP. <clears throat> and so he's kind of he's kind of considered the the godfather of the prepper movement because he wrote that book and it scared the bejeebus out of like like 5% of the population. And so we're going to have him on to talk about Gettysburg because he's actually a historian. And the Battle of Gettysburg was fought over the course of three days, 160 years ago, I believe it is, today. Yeah, 160 years ago. Today was the final day of the Battle of Gettysburg. So we're going to talk with him uh, about the Battle of Gettysburg and kind of go through uh, some of the myths, but also some of the uh, the stories, the fallout, the aftermath, all of that. That's at 2 o'clock. Um, so the White House. It is waking up to the seriousness of the threat of the sun. It has expressed openness to a proposal that seeks to block sunlight from reaching the Earth's surface in an effort to combat global warming. I mean, that's the cover story is global warming. That's probably just what they have to say, right? Because they don't want to alarm people like the alien stuff, right? They don't want to alarm people or why they've apparently locked down the release of the JFK records yet again, uh, the assassination records. Uh, put the kibosh on that again. They were supposed to make them public, I think, in 2017. And now, nope, once again, going to delay it. Probably because RFK Jr. is running. There might be something in there that, like, Joe Biden was on the grassy knoll or something. So the uh, solar radiation modification, or SRM, this is the concept, SRM. They released a report, the administration released a report on Friday which, like, classic news dump, right? You don't want anybody to see this thing, so you push it out on a Friday afternoon. And they say, we can use solar radiation modification as a means to rapidly cool the planet by limiting sunlight. However, the administration emphasized that no decisions have been made regarding a geoengineering policy. See, so if they do anything like this, it'll be without policy. It'll just be like, you know... You know, no rules, just doing whatever. And they say the report was prepared in response to a congressional directive. Okay, so this was a congressional directive, and it came from, I would assume, the previous Congress. So this is the congressional Democrats who have uh, floated this this crazy, dumb, but maybe perfectly sane idea that the sun is trying to kill us, so we need to stop its rays from getting to Earth. What could go wrong? The report outlined various methods for achieving SRM. It cautioned that each approach carried the risk of severe consequences if mismanaged. Well, that sounds bad. One strategy suggested increasing aerosol concentrations. Oh my gosh, Aquanet's making a comeback, man. If you if you put if you put money like Aquanet futures, like you're living high on the hog now. Because people are just going to be spraying aerosols just all over the place. I don't even know. They probably don't even have aerosol anymore. Do they? Are aerosols banned at this point? Because I remember when they they made the hole in the ozone, which I don't understand 
why aerosols, if they make a hole in the ozone, and that was letting the sun in, and it was melting the ice cap so all the polar bears were drowning, which actually there are more polar bears now than before, but whatever. Like, I don't understand why you would put more aerosol into the air. They say it reflects solar radiation away from the Earth. But again, maybe that was the CB, the CFCs, the carbofluorocarbons. Maybe that was the deal. And maybe it wasn't the aerosol. It was the CFCs. I don't know. Maybe Big Sun has gotten to Congress and the White House. That's possible. That's possible. They paid them to write this report. Alternatives, including augmenting cloud coverage over oceans... By the way, oceans, biggest producer of greenhouse gas. Did you know that? Yeah. The biggest producer. Water vapor is a greenhouse gas. Oceans have a lot of water, a lot of surface area and that sort of thing, but also all the stuff that dies in the ocean, and there's a lot of stuff in the ocean. It's big. Alternatives include augmenting cloud coverage um, or reducing cirrus clouds formation to reflect solar radiation back to the planet. It was noted in the report that undertaking such an immense endeavor could lead to significant disruptions in weather patterns. So the weirding of weather, remember they accused Cory Gardner of that in his U.S. Senate run in Colorado? Cory Gardner is weirding the weather, whereby like now it's not just the big chill, the ice age coming, nor is it just global warming, it's just... Any kind of variation in the weather whatsoever, as well as storms, that is all now attributable to the Republicans. Right. Um, Food supplies, it could have massive disruptions in food supplies, biodiversity, geopolitics, and human health. Significant disruptions to those things. That seems like a problem. Um, Look, I, I got another idea. We need to adopt the Monty Burns method. Monty Burns, remember the Simpsons episode in the long-running documentary series on Fox? Simpsons predicted this. I mean, he did it for evil purposes to block out the sun so he could charge more for electricity, you know, people having their lights on all day long. But he had this big disc, and it was on an arm, and it would just kind of come up, and it would block the sun over the town. It would just kind of move with the sun so this way it, this, the town would always be in darkness or shade. So what about that? We just have a whole bunch of these big discs everywhere. We could put them on, well, we could how about windmills? We could put windmills in every neighborhood and put big discs on them so this way it blocks it out. Or satellite dishes, right? Big, big discs on the satellite towers. We can make them look like trees. Right? We've got a couple of those around Charlotte. You can make the big, tall cell towers look like a tree. And at the very top, it has this big disc that blocks the sun. And we could, I don't know, paint it like an acorn. Right? A couple of them. We could do a couple of them. That's fine. I'm open to ideas here. The administration clarified in a statement accompanying the report that there were no plans to establish a comprehensive research program focused on solar radiation modification at the present time. Dang it. So now we're in a race against death with the sun. Okay. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items. From modern tactical gear to historical collectibles, Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. So one last thing to point out here on this uh, on the story about the Biden administration doing a report about solar radiation modification and trying to block the rays of the sun in order to save Gaia Earth. Um, and us, ostensibly. Uh, they say they're not going to, like, there's no plans to do anything, and they had to do this report because Congress wanted them to do the report. Now, according to the um, the report, it would be so immense of an undertaking that it could have significant disruptions to, you know, weather, food, supplies, biodiversity, geopolitics, and whether, you know, a whole bunch of people could die too. The planet is at a relatively low global temperature and carbon dioxide level in Earth's his, in historical terms. That according to peer-reviewed temperature data published by a couple of researchers out of Yale. And according to these data sets, the current Earth's carbon dioxide level is 420 <laughs> parts per million, 420 parts per million. That is... A little bit less than, like, in the Mesozoic era, was like 2,000. And in the Paleozoic era, it was like 4,000, which you would think, you know, Biden wouldn't remember. I mean, obviously, the Earth's average global temperature is approximately 14 degrees Celsius. And according to the NOAA data, compared to nearly 22 degrees Celsius, and that was the peak temperature prior to the current quaternary ice age extending uh, through much of the Mesozoic era and, again, through periods of the Paleozoic era when Joe Biden was born. So you would think that there would be some, I don't know, context, some point of reference that they would be able to discern, but apparently not. Apparently not. Not, So that was really the big report that they, they, you know, dropped on a Friday before July 4th weekend, try to keep everybody in the dark about... Uh, the impending uh, death of the planet from the sun. But there was another report, too. I mean, it nearly not nearly as big of a deal, but another report dropped on Friday. Secretary of State Antony Blinken ordered a review of the department's response, the State Department's response to the Afghanistan withdrawal. The result is critical of both President Trump and President Biden saying they failed to plan appropriately for the withdrawal. Washington Post report is sharp, uh, says that the report is sharply critical of the U.S. government's handling of the most serious evacuation crisis since the fall of Saigon. I th- wait, I thought it was only the pouncing, seizing Republicans that equated it to Saigon. The Washington Post, are they now a right-wing rag? I did not know that. It says President Biden and his predecessor, Donald Trump, each failed to appreciate 
how a U.S. military pullout would affect the Afghan government's stability and that standard summer diplomatic rotations in the weeks ahead of Kabul's collapse left the U.S. evacuation in the hands of personnel who in some cases had been in the country for only a couple of days or maybe even just a few weeks. The U.S. exit from Afghanistan, capped by a chaotic and deadly two-week evacuation from a single airfield in Kabul, pulled more than 120,000 people from harm's way in an extraordinary airlift spearheaded by the U.S. military. But tens of thousands of others who had assisted the American war effort over 20 years, sorry, they got left behind, as as folks uh, tend to be uh, with Joe Biden. Under the bus, another cause, another thing, more important, sorry. The focus on Trump's decision seems like a pretty clear attempt to spread the blame, given the disaster on the ground happened uh, months into the Biden administration, right? This was their storyline that they were advancing was, oh, we had to do this now. We had to do it now because Trump made us do it now. Like, Trump's not president anymore. Where's your pen and your phone? Can't you do all of these executive orders like you've been signing all over the place, but you can't, you can't figure out a more orderly withdrawal? Let me go over here and get Dave. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. I appreciate, appreciate sure. this subject that you're talking about, about solar flares and all that. Yeah. Um, I think it's something that's needed. You know, there's, there's, we, we as a humanity needs to look at this particular situation. You know, solar, I think it's uh, year 532, and even back uh, at the end of the Ice Age, maybe 12,900 years ago, there's there's, there's science out there that says we were hit by solar flares. Um, well, there was one more recent wreak, than that. Wreak havoc on the earth. You know, uh, there's, there's burn damage on the Sphinx and the Great Pyramid. Uh, you know, of course they can't date those subject, those, those burn marks, but they're there nonetheless, you know? Um, and if you look at the younger, uh, information on the younger Dryas line and the geologic record, um, and even the Cretaceous tertiary boundary, both of those were comet impacts. But I think comets, in addition to solar flares, just need to be studied. And it's just, I mean, it can just obliterate us. Oh, yeah. In a half, in yeah. a, half a moment. You yeah. know, and, and we wouldn't even, at the moment, I feel like we wouldn't even see it coming. But yet. There would be very little warning if it's a solar flare. Oh, my gosh. So, so anyway. Yeah. This is a deep rabbit hole. I have a lot of information about it, but. And I won't bore you. It's kind of boring. But I find it absolutely interesting and just digging that you're on the subject. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been following the EMP stuff and the solar flare connection for several but years tell now. Tell everybody to go investigate the Younger Dryas uh, 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 in the geologic record. And it, and it has there's so much information attached to that. Comet Research Group is another group of scientists out there studying this stuff. All right. And, uh, and it all relates to solar flares and comets. And- I got you, Dave. I appreciate the call, buddy. Have a uh, happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Oh, hey, real quick. Before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, 
water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Friday, they released, they being the government, released uh, two reports. Actually, there were three, but the first one was on the uh, uh, trying to block out the sun so it stops trying to kill us. The, well, here's the other thing, too. If you block the sun, it's still there. It's still there. This is why I support launching all of our garbage at the sun. Just... If it's going to bombard us with cancer-killing rays, then I say we throw a bunch of toxic chemicals up at it. I mean, it's just it's not going to injure it. It's just because it's so big, you know, but just insulting. It's just an insult, you know. Um, the other report that was released, it was uh, over on Friday, right before the July 4th weekend, uh, was about the Afghanistan withdrawal, which found, you know, uh, wrongdoing on both sides. Sort of like what aboutism here? Uh, there, you know, President Trump didn't do everything great, and Joe Biden didn't do everything great. Unlike the State Department, which did, like literally, the State Department's like we did a fantastic job under difficult circumstances. It was their report. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, I will say, the timing of this was so suspicious that even the Washington Post, CNN, and the New York Times all raised questions about it, like, with little notice ahead of a long holiday weekend. CNN said, you know, uh, it was, uh, didn't say why it was released before a holiday weekend. And uh, the New York Times, the rollout of the report had clear hallmarks of a calculated effort to mute its public impact. Over at hotair.com, John Sexton says, gee, I wonder why they waited a year until a Friday afternoon before a holiday and after a major Supreme Court decision. It's a complete mystery why it happened now. Mm-hmm. The State Department thinks that the State Department did very well. That's the key takeaway here. They gave much praise to their own selves. And uh, Sexton says, I'm not saying this was a complete whitewash dumped on a holiday weekend, but it's pretty close. And then there was a State Department report. Oh, sorry, besides the State Department report, uh, there was another report that came out. U.S. Attorney David Weiss, the man behind the investigation into Hunter Biden and his unpaid IRS bills. U.S. Attorney David Weiss out of Delaware, who wanted to charge Hunter with felonies in the District of Columbia, and was rejected. And then he went to California and he asked the U.S. attorney to charge with felonies there. And he was rejected. And then he went to DOJ and he said, I would like special counsel status so I can bring the charges. And he was rejected. Despite the fact that Merrick Garland told Congress under oath that David Weiss would have all the room he needs to run. He would have all authority to charge wherever and with whatever he deems necessary. So U.S. Attorney David Weiss, um, who was also the guy behind the very convenient and lenient plea deal for Hunter Biden, finally responded 
to House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan's demand for an answer to whistleblower accusations that he and Merrick Garland misled Congress on the extent of his authority and independence. And Weiss basically admitted to it. (laughs) He basically admits to it. When you read here. As the U.S. attorney for the District of Delaware, my charging authority is limited to my home district. Well, right there. That flies in the face of what Garland said. He says, if venue for a case lies elsewhere, common departmental practice is to contact the U.S. attorney's office for the district in question and determine whether it wants to partner on the case. If not, I may request special attorney status from the attorney general. Here, I have been assured that if necessary, after the above process, I would be granted permission in the District of Columbia, the Central District of California, or any other district where charges could be brought in the matter. Well, that matches up with what the IRS whistleblower said, Gary Shapley. They said, at, when he wrote down in the, uh, the, the, the notes from that meeting, that's what he said. He said that they sought charges in these other districts and he was rejected, and they have to run it all through DOJ first. A week ago, though, Merrick Garland insisted that U.S. Attorney Weiss had already been granted that kind of authority. Here is what Garland said, quote, as I said at the as I said at the outset, Mr. David Weiss, who was appointed by President Trump as the U.S. attorney in Delaware. So they always have to throw that in there. It's like when you say House Ways and Means Committee, you have to say the powerful House Ways and Means Committee. So that's the thing with David Weiss. Whenever you say U.S. attorney David Weiss, you have to say who was appointed by Donald Trump. Because, see, that's the, that's the shield. That's the heat shield there. See, look at that. Trump appointed him, so of course he's going to be a hack for Trump. And he assigned this matter during a previous administration. It would be permitted to continue his investigation and to make a decision to prosecute any way in which he wanted to and in any district in which he wanted to. That's what Garland said. He says, I don't know how it would be possible for anybody to block him from bringing a prosecution given that he has this authority. He was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own. So, who's lying? Garland? The whistleblowers? Is Weiss trying to not lie while also not rat out the boss? Weiss essentially confirms what the whistleblower said. He said... I had to go through departmental practice, which was like under Section 515 of the U.S. Code. Or 28 U.S. Code 515, yeah. So he said, I was just, that's the way it's normally done, so that's the way I was doing it. Which means what? Garland was not correct. Weiss did not have that authority. Or maybe Weiss wasn't told he had the authority, which would be weird. Apparently, it's all news to Weiss, who just told Jim Jordan that he did not have the authority let alone back in October when he met with Gary Shapley with the IRS. And that lines up with Shapley's whistleblowing testimony in which he claims that U.S. Attorney Weiss made it clear in that meeting that he did not have final authority and which others involved in the meeting and contemporaneous documentary evidence have corroborated. So, like, all of the evidence right now suggests that Weiss was not able to bring these charges, and the only thing that's state, stated to the contrary is Merrick Garland's testimony. 
Because if Weiss had charging authority, Hunter could have been charged with felonies. You know what the time frame here was? The midterm elections. About a month before the midterms. And that would have been a month after the meeting with the IRS. Weiss couldn't get either Biden appointed U.S. attorney to partner with him on those charges. And either Weiss didn't request special attorney status at the time or Merrick Garland denied his request. We don't know at this point. Instead, it looks like Weiss caved and cut a sweetheart deal with uh, Hunter to cut him loose and help keep the cover on the scandal at least through another election cycle. So that was the third report that dropped Friday afternoon before the long July 4th weekend. I'm sure all coincidental. The letter from U.S. Attorney David Weiss also rebuts a new effort from Hunter Biden's attorney, Abby Lowell, to claim that these IRS whistleblowers aren't actually whistleblowers. They're disgruntled employees and their testimony is false. Over at Powerline blog, Scott Johnson He says, further executing his best defense strategy this week on Hunter Biden's behalf, Abby Lowell sent a wild 10-page letter to House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith. Lowell attacks congressional Republicans for their investigation of the Biden family business. That's how he puts it, the Biden family business. Again, what's the service being provided here? What's What's the expertise? What's the product? He attacks the IRS whistleblowers whose testimony Smith released last week. Lowell is all but swinging his arms in windmill fashion here. He alleges, for example, that the release of the transcripts violated the spirit, if not the letter, of the tax laws and federal rules governing investigations. So it sounds like then it didn't violate any law because he's saying it violated the spirit, if not the letter. So he's not sure. So he's not alleging it violated the law. It just says it could. Maybe. But the spirit of the law, the whistleblowers aren't whistleblowers. They don't understand the merits of the uh, lenient deal Hunter Biden has arranged with prosecutors. They themselves are possibly guilty of illegal misconduct. This is what he alleges. Shapley's attorney, one of the whistleblowers, their attorneys then responded saying these threats and intimidation have already been referred earlier this week to the inspectors general for DOJ and the IRS and to Congress for further investigation as potential obstruction of their lawful inquiries as well as retaliation against our client. So the next step here is to get Merrick Garland under oath at a House committee, says Ed Morrissey at hotair.com. He's exactly right. Also last week, Hunter Biden got deposed. He's not going to be king anymore. Oh, no, wait, hang on, no. Um... Oh, he, yeah, he was deposed. It, yeah, okay. They took his testimony. He was quizzed under oath the other day as part of a civil defamation case brought by... The fact that you can think of a couple different names to put in there, <laughs> right? There's a couple. Um, John Paul Mac Isaac, the computer shop repairman who owned the Mac shop in Wilmington, Delaware. He filed a defamation suit against Hunter Biden, the embattled first son, which, by the way, is capitalized. I didn't realize that. Seeking $1.5 million in damages 
And during the deposition, the 50-year-old, sorry, 53-year-old was expected to be forced to confirm that he owned the device that contained a series of damning emails and lewd photos. So this is going to blow up the uh, the silly argument that I hear from the leftists that, oh, the laptop could have been compromised at any step of the investigation. There's no chain of custody. And they ignore the fact, of course, that you know the guy took possession of the laptop. He made multiple copies of the hard drive, as he does, because you're trying to retrieve the hard drive. That Like, the laptop is broken. You want to get everything off of the hard drive. And so uh, John Paul Mac Isaac, he's got the skills and technology to get everything off of there, put it on a separate storage device. It doesn't take very long either. And then you just hand over the storage device. Here's here's your stuff. And then you could take all of that and put it onto your new device, on your new laptop. But Hunter Biden never came back in. And there is a surrender policy, which is law, which is allowable, right? Because otherwise somebody could come in just like, oh, yeah, here's this tube TV I want you to fix. And you just leave it there. And then never come back. And now he's got to dispose of the tube TV, which is a huge problem. I don't know if you're aware, like the disposal of the old TVs. So he opens the thing up and looks at what's on the device, looks at the things that are stored on and realizes very quickly, wow, there's some stuff here. Like here's like the over the weekend we saw the um, uh, the photos, uh, apparently the selfies that Hunter Biden took of himself. Uh, driving a car at about 170 miles an hour to Vegas, which if you're going to drive that fast, I think that is probably one of the roads to be on, right? That road to Vegas where it's just you're in the middle of the desert, right? And so he's going 170 while hitting the crack pipe while taking selfies. So add that to the list of things that Hunter Biden is apparently awesome at. Race car driver. He's a he's a world famous painter. He's a he's a race car driver on crack, no less. Taking selfies. He's a I mean, the guy could shoot movies or something. He's a he's a gas expert. He's a he's a legal expert. He's a, a financial expert. This guy should be president. Get his dad out of there. Anyway. Um Mac Isaac reported its contents to the FBI when he uncovered messages that raised suspicions of influence peddling involving then-Vice President Joe Biden, as well as videos of Hunter smoking crack and having sex with prostitutes. So Johnny Mac Isaac turned this over to the FBI immediately. And the FBI has confirmed it. And the IRS then became aware of it. And they asked the FBI, we want to see some of the stuff. And the FBI wouldn't even let them see all of the stuff. But they confirmed its authenticity. So this idea that we don't know because, you know, the Washington uh, uh, Post or the New York Times, you know, they could only confirm a certain number of it. Like, I don't give a flying fig Newton about the Times or the Post. I don't care about that. That is irrelevant to me. What's relevant is that the FBI has got the clean version. They got the original. And John Paul Mac Isaac has the original and some other media outlets have the original. And now Hunter Biden is going to be forced to admit probably already was. I'm pretty amazed it hasn't leaked out already. Um, He'll be forced to admit that it was, in fact, authentic and that he then defamed John Paul Mac Isaac. Mac Isaac claims that the customer did not return for the laptop within three months, and his attempts to establish contact with Hunter went unanswered. Hunter has since countersued with a fresh lawsuit accusing Mac Isaac of illegally accessing his hard drive 
and leaking its data, thereby breaching his privacy. Now, I will say that was one thing that Claire McCaskill said on MSNBC a couple of weeks back uh, or last week, you know, that she said that he has had an invasion of his privacy like no other person probably in my lifetime. And really, like, everything on his hard drive has been exposed. That's, yeah, that's... That's a lot. Everybody needs to back off yeah. Joe Biden about this. He loves his son. Yeah. Back off. Back off, says Claire.